Hello, Floodgate family. Thank everybody. Uh, thank you all for joining here today. I'm here uh, for another edition of Improving Live. Today we've got a different edition. Of course, we're here in person, which I always love to do. Uh, but we're joined by special guest Danielle Kobo, who's international keynote speaker, author, and podcast host of the podcast Unstoppable Grid. And she's here today to talk about something that I think is super relevant to us, but really to everybody in our network and in the Floodgate family accelerating your med tech career. Um, so we've got a bunch of questions we're gonna go through here first to start off and, and, and work through. But then as you're joining here and questions pop up that we don't touch on, feel free to drop your questions in the comments below or over to the right hand side. Um, before we jump in, I'll flip it over to you, Danielle. We've obviously talked, I know yes. your background in history, but educate everybody as, as to how you got your start and how you got to where you're at today. Well, excited to be here today and share some advice on how to accelerate your career in med tech. I started my career in cutting my teeth in copier sales. Mm -hmm. Cut my teeth in copier sales and then started in dental, dental sales where I spent about five and a half years doing capital equipment mm -hmm. and then transitioned into medical aesthetics, did some more capital equipment sales before my most recent position, which was leading a team for a Fortune 500 company for seven years wow. while in the aesthetic industry, medical aesthetic industry where I led a team through restructuring, acquisitions, downsizing, so a lot of changes, but it was extremely valuable experience. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've seen different areas. I mean, starting in the traditional copier sales, yeah. right, that everybody talks about, and then getting through uh, the device career. That's awesome and going to be super valuable in what we're going over today. One of the things we, as a recruiting company, hear a lot are, I mean, med device and med tech is a very desirable career, whether you're talking about sales or any other, any other function, but we'll talk about sales today. That, that toughest part though is breaking in. Yes. What are the steps that we can go over what you've done, but what you've seen success in the past to just get that entry point? That's a great question. The biggest, I would say that the biggest advice that I give is first align yourself with a mentor. Mm. When I think back at my career and what helped me break into medical sales, I was very gracious and that I had a mentor that sat down with me one day and talked about what to put on your resume, how to build a performance book, mm -hmm. and how to prepare yourself for an interview for medical sales. So I would first say get a mentor, and I would say have a mentor throughout your career because that's really going to help you not only in the beginning, but also as you accelerate your career to different roles that you've been in. The second step that I would say is you got to have some sort of a sales experience. Yeah. yeah. So the advice that was given to me early on in my career was either do copier sales, work to enterprise, do payroll services. Mm -hmm. But as hiring managers, when we're looking for sales representatives to bring in in sales, we're looking for some proven track record of sales experience. Mm -hmm. So I know there are a lot of people that just want to go break into medical yeah. sales right away, but we want to see at least two years before you get into medical sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, showing that consistency in, hey, you might think you want to be a salesperson, but go show me that you want to, because I think some people probably think they do, then they go get the sales experience and they go, hey, I actually don't really like this, yes. I can't do it. And then showing that success, but then you'll also be able to probably make some of those mistakes early on that when mm -hmm. you do get into that med device role, inevitably you, you don't make those. That's awesome, that's a great piece of advice. So shifting to back, as you were mentioning, when you were a sales leader, whether it's when you're hiring or just when you have your team and you're building your people, how, how do you go about measuring their success? 
Measuring the success is I always look for consistency. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some sales representatives that are going to have the highs and the lows, mm -hmm. but what I look for is consistency. Even if they're not um, blowing it out of the park, I'd rather have somebody be consistent in delivering and achieving and exceeding their numbers. I look for people that go in with the plan. Mm, yeah. There's that, that saying, failing the plan is planning to fail. When it's very true, especially in medical sales, the most successful reps that I see always go in with the plan. And here's the other one that I say, always go in with solutions, not excuses. Mm. As a sales leader, there's the reality that quotas are always going to increase. You're always going to be faced with challenges. And when sales leaders are looking to hire uh, people onto their team, they want people that are going to come to them and be transparent of the challenges that they're facing. But they want you to come with solutions and at least some recommendations on solutions. And there you can discuss what steps to take and maybe what steps not to take. But you definitely don't want to be that person that always comes with the manager mm -hmm. and always leading with one excuse over another because that leads to a toxic work environment. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a great piece of advice. I think that first piece of what you said, I mean, go those two things really go together. Going in with a plan helps you deliver on that consistency, right? If you go in and you're just like, hey, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll try this, and you're consistently fluctuating, it's hard to deliver consistent results and, and numbers over a long period of time. So I think that's that's awesome. And then the second thing, I mean, I talk to sales leaders all the time and they don't want their reps coming into the one-on-ones just with a laundry list of issues they're having. Yeah. It's like, okay, you have these issues, what are we gonna do to solve it, right? And then we'll work through that together. I think that's that's awesome here. Um, so, and that's, that's perfect. This, and that'll key into this next one, which I'm very interested to hear your, your response to, because we talk, as you can imagine, as a recruiting company, a lot of times to folks that are, you know, maybe early on in their career, maybe at the mid stages of their career, maybe late in their career, and they feel like they've just gotten stagnant, right? Yeah. Or stuck, whether it's with one organization, they've been with multiple, and they're looking for that way to ignite their career and get to that next step, but they don't really know what to do. And truthfully, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I don't necessarily know the answer to that question. So I'm eager to hear, how does someone ignite their career? I find this more and more frequently as I'm working with sales professionals. And the most common question that I receive is, I want clarity. I'm feeling stuck, but I don't know what steps to do or what steps to take. And so the first step we take is getting clarity. What, what are you passionate about? What do you enjoy, not only in the role that you're currently in now, well, what did you enjoy in the roles that you have been? And sometimes when we feel like we're stagnant, it may be an opportunity to have some change. Now, change could look like change in your existing role. Maybe you're going to be taking on a mentorship to some of the newer people on your team. Maybe it's a lateral move within the organization. Maybe it's promoting up into a new role within the organization. Or sometimes it's leaving the organization as a whole. But it's always looking at sometimes when we're stuck in the same position for too long and we're not adding some additional challenges, yep. that's when stagnation happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy to get complacent. Mm -hmm. And I think what you were saying is figuring out what you want. I think a lot of times folks feel like they're in a position where they don't have the luxury of choosing what they want to do. And they're like, I'll take any role anywhere just to get out of where I'm at. But but it's more valuable to say, hey, where's your value? Mm -hmm. Where do you have the most passion? And that's ultimately where you're gonna be the most success. Mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. that's 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 awesome here. Um, well, shifting gears to you a little bit, mm -hmm. what you've been successful, multiple different ventures, roles, now onto your own. What motivates you? Oh, so it's, it's always a good question yeah, because sometimes I have to think about yeah, it. What yeah, does yeah. motivate me? Yeah. 
But I have always been driven by this wanting to learn and grow and become the best person I could possibly be. And a lot of that motivation comes from the desire to succeed. But more importantly, when I, what does success mean to me? Well, success means to me freedom. So when I am successful in my career, it gives me the freedom to be able to provide for my family. It gives me the freedom to get more involved in my community and to do more missionary work. So that's really the, the core motivator behind anything that I do is, is um, not only just having the motivation to be the best person that I can be, but also to be able to have the resources to provide for the, my family and the people around me. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing. That's, that's the, the, the key to success is having that freedom, be able to do what you want to do. I love it. Um, and for a reminder, we've got a couple more things here, but anybody that's joined, be sure to drop your questions in uh, the comments. I think they're over to the right or below. Um, and we're going to get to those here, here shortly. The, the, the last main one, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get your take again. You've, you've had a successful career. I'm sure there's been multiple people throughout the way that have helped and it, if you had to point your finger to one person, I know it's probably not that easy, who was the biggest influence through your career, who was that, why, and, and, and how did that all transpire? Ooh, this one's a hard one. <laughs> I had an incredible manager at my last company that I worked for, but I, what I really think it was the most influential, influential person in my life was my mom. Mm. So my mom was a single mom, and when I was five years old, she was going to school full time, she had me, and she was serving. And I saw her go from my upbringing where we really didn't have a lot. We were shopping at thrift stores. We just didn't have a lot of resources or money. But I saw her, her determination and perseverance and her grit. And she turned that situation into graduating from college, having a wildly successful career in medical sales. And in the 90s, became a, a manager for one of the top 10 pharmaceutical companies. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Jeez. So in the 90s, yeah. too. So um, I just saw her and her journey and her perseverance and her de determination. And I think that that's really what molded me into the, the person I am today because she was my role model. Yeah, especially as you're younger and you're laying that foundation and you're seeing the example that you're yeah. chasing for. I mean, it's it's no wonder you've gone on to do such great things. But that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, um, well, I'm going to turn over. I don't, I don't know what we've got so far. So I'm going to turn over to my little screen here to, to, to pull up some questions. So the first one, is from Ashley. What advice do you have for individuals that want to break into med device but are having a hard time getting a shot to break in? So we touched on what they've done to break in. Maybe they already have a couple of years of that sales experience and they're get they're probably getting interviews, but they just keep running up against you don't have the experience. What would be maybe a different strategy that you'd say they could they could take to approach upon what in addition to what we already talked about? Okay, so there I see there's two strategies. One, if you already have sales experience, that's always going to be the best way to set you up for success to get into medical sales. The second is uh, reach out to medical sales representatives that maybe you know in the industry or even reach out to them on LinkedIn and see if they would be willing to have you do a ride along. Mm. So that when you're going into these interviews, you're able to talk about firsthand experience of what it's like to be in that particular industry. So when I started to do career consulting, I wanted to ensure that I had a very good understanding of the different segments within medical sales. So I did a ride along with pharmaceuticals. I right. actually was in the operating room with some yeah. or um, orthopedic sales because I wanted to have that experience. That would be the one recommendation yeah. that I would say. And then the other one is, and this is how I broke into medical sales. Yeah, please. Is I went to a trade show. Somebody let me into the trade show and I okay. had my binder and had all my resumes in my binder. That's awesome. 
Uh, and at that time, my performance book included my driving record and credit score. So I had nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was good. But I remember going to a trade show and I went to every single booth and I said, who's the local hiring manager? I introduced myself. I gave them my resume. I took their business card and I followed up. Mm. So sometimes you've got to be very creative when it comes to just showing that you're taking the initiative, that you're ready to go into medical sales. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it sounds difficult, but hey, it should be, right? Yeah. Anything worth anything worth doing it, it takes the time yeah. and it's like you were saying getting that sales experience but showing those sales tactics following up you know cold calling to a degree like you were doing at the trade show so i think that those those are all awesome awesome examples especially the ride along i hadn't yeah. thought about that as much it's like then you do go in yeah you don't have medical sales experience but you've been in the healthcare environment and you've been out there and you can draw from those experiences even if it's just a day that's awesome mm -hmm. Um, so we'll transition here to Sarah. If someone thinks they want to leave their current company, do you, re oh, do you recommend letting your manager know or just search on the side? So the job of finding a job, it can be tough, but you, you of course want to keep your job. Yeah. But it takes a long time to look for jobs. So what's the best way to approach that? Oh, that's a complicated question. Yeah, it's tough. Com yeah. I would say that's a complex question because it really depends on your scenario and your relationship with your manager. I have had an employee that came to me and she did express that she's completely burned out. Her territory was too big for the lifestyle that she wanted to be present um, with her kids uh, compared to the overnights. And we were able to engage in a conversation and I was able to not only support your, her in updating her resume and getting her out, but it also gave me an opportunity to have uh, some time to prepare for a vacancy and also interview some people. But that's not always the case. I it, I would say it really depends on your relationship with your manager and the relationship with the company. And I know that may not give you the exact yeah, answer you're yeah, looking yeah. for, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's, it's, it's, it's a challenging one, right? I mean, it, I think it's case by case, yeah. but, but approaching it that way. One thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna add, I don't, I'm, I'm sure we have other questions, but I was just thinking through this. As somebody, of, of course, we're, helping folks find new roles all the time and, and, and hire as you're vetting out a new opportunity, what would you say that the things somebody should look for? If I'm in my current sales role, right? And I'm being reached out to by a recruiter. I have a call company. Sounds good. Comp sounds great. How do I properly, what questions should I be asking? How do I properly vet out that opportunity? So before even going to the interview, the first recommendation I would say is go to their LinkedIn, mm -hmm. look at the employees. How long have the employees been with the organization? Is there a lot of turnover? How long has that manager been with the organization? Because when if you look, if you go to a company and you look at their employees and they've been there for five years, 10 years, 30 years, you say, okay, well, it's probably got a good culture. Right. If you're seeing turnover, I know a company right now where if you look at their profile and all their employees have been there for one year. Yeah then it kind of leads to the question, what's the turnover and how is that in relation to the culture? Mm -hmm. Types of questions as well in the interview is imagine your interview as your first date. Yeah. You're yeah. interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Mm -hmm. And so having some questions, what is your leadership style? What are your pet peeves? What are the strengths within your team, but also where are some gaps that you're looking to fill so that you have a comprehensive skill set on your team? Yeah. How would you describe the culture? And there's a lot of questions um, that you can really ask to ensure that you're that it's a right fit for them as a right fit for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I, I think sometimes it, to, to your point, looking at it like, hey, especially the whole interview process, but especially early on, you're interviewing them just as much. Yes. And don't be afraid to ask sometimes what questions might feel tough. Because I think the 
the good managers see that as a good candidate and a good, you know, this person is doing their due diligence as, as you probably should. So um, yep. I think that's great. I, yeah. To, to add on to that, I had a, just a, a secret here is yeah. anytime that somebody, and I know this may be me, but anytime somebody asks me, what's the training program like, mm. I kind of would immediately shut down yeah. if that was a question in an interview, because a lot of times these, the type of companies, if you're going for these fortune 500 companies, majority of the time they have a, pretty comprehensive training program that's built. And that's a very generic question. So when I'm working with job seekers, we put together a list of 10 questions that are unique that most hiring managers wouldn't hear. So that it piques curiosity and interest and shows that you, it's another kind of way of showing that you're adding value to the conversation by asking unique questions. Yeah. It's a little secret. I think that's great. Yeah. It shows you've done your research. It shows you're serious about the opportunity and it gets them thinking and really you're a more memorable candidate yeah. and they're like oh we had that conversation it's a lot yeah. different that's I haven't that's had awesome. that question before yeah that's 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 a very much that's a very good buying sign yeah. from, from the manager that's good okay we'll transition uh to another sorry for stealing the mic there um jessica mcdaniel how how would you suggest i approach somebody to mentor me so you talked about that earlier oh, finding yeah. a mentor how, how do you go about finding that so a mentor would be if there's if there's somebody you know in the industry no matter what stage that they're in within whether they're new there's even if they're new within medical sales, that could be valuable as well because they can give you a fresh perspective of, hey, these are the challenges I'm having like right from the get-go. But also if there's somebody who's been in their role for a long time, uh, I, no matter where what stage you're at in your career, networking is extremely valuable. And you can start to build your network within LinkedIn. And sometimes it just means asking. Mm -hmm. I had a, a college student reach out to me. Uh, now there was a connection, her father knows me, but she reached out to me, she said, hey, I wanna break into medical sales. Like, there's there any advice that you give that you could share with me? She's still in college, oh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but just her eagerness was so exciting to see that I wanted to mentor her. Cause I said, wow, this is somebody who's already showing the initiative and how great would it be just right from the get go to help help them learn the skill sets so that when they do graduate, they can be set up for success. Yeah. So I'd say it doesn't hurt to ask, even if you don't know the person and in her circumstance, she is actually going to be working with some medical sales professionals and being their intern. Oh, wow. So she's getting exposure. Yeah. She's getting exposure. She's getting a little money on the side and she's <laughs> still in college. Yeah. So when she goes to interview, she's already saying, Yes, I worked and I didn't work specifically for a medical sales company, but here's the initiatives I took. I reached out to a mentor. I worked for a medical sales representative and doing X, Y, Z tasks, target selection, yeah. uh, building uh, business plans, whatever it is. Right. And and that to itself, if I heard that as yeah. a hiring manager, I would say hired. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's, that's, that's an awesome story. It's don't be afraid to ask too early and don't be afraid to use the H word and ask for help. People mm -hmm. like helping other people. It's, they do. it's even if you have the connection, but even if you don't have the connection, I mean, you you have those conversations and people, people are more than willing to help, especially if they've been helped themselves, which most people have. All right, so we're gonna go here to Jacqueline. So for somebody who's seeking an opportunity in medical device sales, what are some good strategies for networking to help improve job prospects? So I guess this will kind of marry together the, the mentoring and the breaking into device sales. Just, you know, how would you go about, I guess, the networking outside of just that individual mentor? Is there a yeah. strategy you have there? I would say anytime that you are reaching out to people within or within your organization, you're building credibility. 
So reaching out to managers that are in different regions, reaching out to the top sales reps in different regions, you're building your relationships and, and more when you go outside of your territory or your region, you're expanding your network. I would also say LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> LinkedIn yeah. used to be this platform where people are just putting their profile up there because they're looking for a job. But LinkedIn has evolved a lot over the years and it is a social media platform for networking for professionals. And, and another thing that you can do with LinkedIn is that's an area that you can start showing your thought leadership and start attracting job opportunities versus waiting to apply to jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's another area that you can start networking with hiring managers, representatives in different industries, start networking at the trade shows you go to. Right, yeah, I mean, it's easier than ever to network. <laughs> you mentioned your story of meeting somebody at a trade show, but yeah. if you can't get to a trade show, you can speak to, reach out to hundreds of people every single day on LinkedIn and be super effective with it now mm -hmm. more than ever. So I think leveraging that, that's, that's, that's yep. a great piece of advice. Um, let's see, Gracie. So she's noticed a lot of back and forth rec uh, recently about sending follow-up thank you emails or thank you notes after interviews. How important do you think follow-up after an interview is, especially when looking to make a change in your career? So how, you know, when you're, it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to send that follow-up. When it comes to a follow-up, Here's, here's how you look at a follow-up. A follow If you follow up after a job interview, it's an opportunity for you to uh, reiterate the value that some key points from the conversation and also tailor your response based off of the conversation, re-emphasize your interest in the job. But the most important about a follow-up is it shows that you're going to follow up with a customer. So if I go, if I have an interview and the rep doesn't follow up with me in a thank you note, to me, my perception is going to be that they're not going to follow up with a customer. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that already, and, and I know managers that I used to work with, work with where they said if somebody didn't follow up, they wouldn't hire them. They wouldn't even move them forward in the next interview process. So I would say absolutely it's important. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's 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 like like anything else. It's you're showing your sales skills. You've got to show that follow-up. I, mm -hmm. I think that's great. Um, okay, I think we've got one more. Alistair. Uh, do you have any overall key advice on how to drive higher sales as a rep? So we'll talk mm. more or less career and more sales strategy, which will help your career. <laughs> Let's get so anything in sort of tips for Alistair and for the rest of us on how to increase your sales and be more effective as mm -hmm. a rep. Yeah, so I work with a lot of sales professionals right now who have been in their role for many years, but for some reason, they just haven't hit President's Club. Mm -hmm. And that's always something that we strive for. I mean, having a paid vacation to luxurious places is always nice. Yeah. I've been on five, so okay. I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Um, but a lot of time, I, the most common roadblocks that I see is mindset. And I don't say that in a woo-woo way. I would say sometimes that these blocks that we have where my quota is too high, my territory is too big, um, I don't have enough customers. But from a perspective of being on a manager on the West Coast and on the East Coast, every territory has its challenges. So when I'm working with sales professionals, we kind of break down what are some uh, challenges that you believe that you're running into? Let's shift the mindset and then we work on strategy. And again, it goes back to what we first talked about is going in with the plan. And constantly, I, I do see a lot of sales professionals who have been doing it for five plus seven years. And every time we're working to each other, it's like, oh, it's going back to the basics and the foundation of having a plan. And I've had two, or two clients recently 
who uh, one just earned Peasants Club for the first time. Oh wow, that's awesome! Got promoted that's too, awesome. and another one that just earned Peasants Club for the second time in a row. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's gotta feel great. Yeah, I, that to me is actually I, I loved the trips. Uh huh. But to celebrate the success of my clients and my team members earning Peasants Club, yeah. and just to see the joy they have inside, that is. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that goes fun. goes along with what you're talking about earlier, and that measurement of success is mm -hmm. uh, that's great. Um, well, perfect. Well, that's that's most what we got. I'm sure as people tune in after, you know, if you're seeing this later, drop something in the comments. We'll get uh, we'll drop your questions in the comments. We'll get notified, and we'll make sure that we're going back in there and answering and addressing those. But no, I really appreciate your time today. I think yeah. that was super valuable to see. You know, breaking into med device, furthering your career once you're in there, ways to interview, what to look for in a job. So tons of uh, great value here. Before we go, I know you had one thing you wanted yeah. to share with everybody that, that was watching today. Well, we obviously touched on a few things on how to excel through the interview process, but I do have a free resource right now. You can go to my website, uh, www.daniellecobo.com and go under consulting and career consulting where you can find a free attract your dream job masterclass. It's a 15 minute masterclass where I talk about some of the latest job search strategies in the market to help you attract your dream job and a free uh, job search checklist that you can download as well to help set you up for success. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm mm -hmm. sure everybody that's tuning in could definitely use at least something on this. Yeah. So that's, that's great. And I yeah. appreciate you sharing that with us. So um, no, and super thankful and grateful for you to, to join Thank us today. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll definitely do it again soon. And that's what we've got today for our edition of Improving Live. Uh, accelerating your med tech career. I'm Danny Steering. This is Danielle Cobo, and thank you all for tuning in. Thank you.